Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Hey, this is Mike with the quick lead-in to our final episode of the Top 200 Solo Games as determined by BGG. Just a few quick Patreon shout-outs. This week, I'd like to thank Brian Krauss Jr. for being a co-op fan, Dave for being a co-op lover, and Uffa Vind for being a co-op lover as well. Thanks to all our amazingly supportive patrons, and also a big thank you to everyone who supported our Extra Life campaign yesterday. In grand total, our little group raised over $1,000 for children's hospitals. It is amazing. And related to that, I have a message from one of our new patrons, Corey Brutzman. And Corey had a story he wanted to share. I'm just going to read from his email. I started watching your guys' YouTube channel back at the start of the year as I just got into the board game hobby. Shortly after the world shut down because of a global pandemic, your channel has helped me immensely during the past eight months with my mental health and just general positive feelings. When I watch you or Colin or the others play a game, it just brings me joy. Then I go and play myself and usually lose, but I'm learning. The reason I decided to start supporting you and the Extra Life campaign go hand in hand. When I was a child, around 10 years old, I spent 10 days in Children's Hospital of Wisconsin being diagnosed and learning to live with an incurable disease I continue to live with to this day. Living with this disease has basically led me to not leave my yard for the past 8 months. Supporting a system of children's hospitals as well as a group of people that have provided me countless hours of entertainment during this time is the least I could do. I love your channel because it looks almost exclusively at the games I like, solo and co-op. So thank you for every minute of entertainment you've provided for me and my family, and thank you for bringing support to the healthcare world. My wife is a pediatric therapist and thanks you as well. Be well and stay safe. So thank you, Corey, so much for that amazing message. And again, thank you everyone who's supporting our channel and supporting charities around the world. But without further ado, let's find out what the top 50 solo games are according to BGG. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories and to One Stop Co-op Shop and Beyond Solitaire and the One Player Guild. For the last time, uh, this is episode three of our coverage of Top 200 Solo Games People's Choice. Uh, it is 50 to 1. It is the special occasion, A, because we are revealing the number one solo game of all time as voted by you, the solo player. Number two, it is Kevin's birthday. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Are oh, we not going to finish? How can you start Happy out finishing? Happy birthday, dear Kevin. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. I'm not going to sing. That's your birthday present. There you go. <laughs> Kevin oh, Erskine wow. from the One Player Guild, the curator of the Top of 200 list. Welcome back to the show, Kev. Oh, thank you, guys. Love being here. Awesome, man. We got Michael Kelly from the One Stop Co-op Shop. Hey, hey, how's it going? And Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire. I'm back. It's always good. (laughs) Yeah, we got some technical difficulties with uh, people have been popping in and out, but we're trying our best, uh, overcoming our Wi-Fi difficulties, to bring you the top 50 solo games of all time. Um, So uh, jumping right in, in terms of like kind of meta... (laughs) Uh, um, look at the list. Now we can reveal all of the We've tried to be very careful about spoilers, but now we can reveal it all because you know all of the games. And what I will say, a couple of things. Um, have a couple of observations. So first of all, a category that I like to call Call to be Old. Uh, this is a category suggested by a BG user, Sarah Bear, who I've worked with in the past. Uh, ha- tracking how many games have lasted all seven years. And last year, it was 31 games. Um, this year, it's 30 so one game, 
one game that was there six years uh, fell off the list. Uh, makes me sad. Pandemic the Cure. Uh, did not oh make good. the top one. Whatever. No one except Jason is crying about that. <laughs> it's that's that, not even pandemic. I mean. The only game at the 30 games I've made and a lot of and they were distributed throughout the list, like games like Space Empires 4X and a couple other games we discussed have, have been um you know, here all the time. And that tells you a lot about like you get a, a lot of churn towards the bottom of the list, towards the top of the list, it's, it's very stable. Um, so we're not going to say too many new things, but there's some positional things that we can observe as well. Um, so 172 games got first place votes, up from 147 games that got first place votes uh, last year. So that's a huge number, Kevin, right? That I, I imagine that's like blows away any previous total of how many games that got first place votes. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing to me to the number of games that overall and, you know, the, the, you know, I would say that there's a game for everybody and that's, that's kind of what this shows is that there's, you know, so many games that just appeal to somebody. However, there was one game that made me think of Liz, uh, one first place vote, uh, Wars of Marcus Aurelius. Nice. That's such a good game. It's such a good game. It is deeply underappreciated. And Stilico is also very good. I would say it's underappreciated for me. I would not say it's deeply underappreciated. It was pretty good. <laughs> and, and Jason, for those those sports ones, you think about it, there really aren't any good sports games. I know you'll say You mean like baseball highlight. highlights? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, <laughs> I mean real sports games. Yeah, right. Get right out. Rallyman GT, that's a rally racing. That's a sport, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't consider NASCAR a sport, so. It's not I, NASCAR. I, it's rally. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> Car racing to me is a waste of gas. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, so that made me think. Uh, before we get on to fifty to one, uh, you got did you all vote for the top uh, top twenty? Did you guys put your uh, votes in or no? I did not. Oh, I did. Sorry. I've been out of the loop this year. Uh, but, but just think, reflecting on your personal list of your favorite solo games, what were some games that you are that you personally love, but that didn't make anything in the top two hundred or anything like that? Didn't make anything. Yeah, I think almost all of them were on here. So, like, Wars of Marcus really be an example. Like, I know that's, like, a really, really high one for you, but didn't make the top 200 this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just under-known. I think, the you know, among people who like war games, they're, you know, people who have heard of Wars of Marcus really, but if you're not looking at small publishers like Hollenspiel, like, you're not going to know that that even exists. Right. Uh, for me, The Pursuit of Happiness, I'm really disappointed that it doesn't crack the code. I love that. I adore that theme of the game, talk about theme that's kind of baked in and does tells a good story. Uh, not uh, very surprised that one didn't make the list. Also, Cerebria, uh, that one I know it's very unique, not going to make a lot of penetration. But you, Mike, you were you were impressed by the Cerebria. Cerebria I think right? Cerebria is a great solo. It wouldn't right. be in my top twenty, but oh, like if I go back a little bit more, I think it would. I, I don't think I, I do think of one. Uh, Space Alert's usually in my top twenty. I don't think that oh. was uh, anywhere in the top two hundred, right? Because it's too old. Right. I love that. It was in my top 20. Yeah, Space Alert oh, okay. is fantastic, but I love yeah. real-time games, uh, mm -hmm. especially like thinky real-time games, not like frantic real-time games, and Space Alert right. is one of the best of those, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Anything, yeah. Kevin, that uh, didn't yeah. get the top 200 for you? Yeah, there were three that, I mean, I, I mentioned Madara, which I, I really like. Myth, Myth is still my favorite dungeon crawl. Love Myth. Um, I have that hoping, and I have not played it yet, Kevin. I've been too afraid of the rules. <laughs> well, I hope I hope Ulysses really comes out and straightens up the rules and does stuff with it. But I, the whole card play system with that is so good. And the other one I really like, 
when we were talking about Gears of War was Fireteam Zero. I, oh, I, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that game a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised That's that didn't one. make it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we are going to get to numbers 50 to 26. Uh, so we're getting to, you know, pretty close to the creme de la creme over here. Um, two totally new 2020 games. These are the highest debuts on the list. Now that you guys have seen the full list. Um, Tainted Grail, which came out at the very end of last year. Oh, man. And I also, still don't have my copy. I don't either. <laughs> I, 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 all, I had my copy, and now I don't anymore. We were all too uh, cheap to get the first shipping. We yeah. all got the combined yeah. shipping, so we're going to get a giant pile of Tainted Grail, even though Michael Kelly from Women's Stop Co-op Shop says it's a terrible game. I, 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 no, 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 no. I, I, Tainted Grail, so this is uh, infamous on, in One Stop Co-op Shop history. It was my number one game last year. <laughs> And then I played it some more when it came up for shelf life. Um, I like, you know, every five or six months later, I look back at games I reviewed and I called it like it was hot as quickly as I could. Um, yeah, Tainted Grail is a fantastically ambitious game in a lot of ways. I think can be wonderful if things go well, if you don't fall into the numerous traps of boredom and drudgery and grinding that you can fall into. Or if you use uh, the many house rules that are available on BGG and elsewhere to fix those grinding problems. But if you play it rules as written and go the wrong way a few times, you can spend literally hours accomplishing nothing. And it is very, very frustrating. So that's my warning. I I would recommend, I know a lot of people don't like doing this, but I would personally recommend uh, hit me up on Discord or BGG or wherever. I'll tell you my personal favorite uh, house rules. I would just play with those from the start. Otherwise, it could be a very negative experience for you based on where you go. Just my, my, my two cents on Tainted Grail. I think rules as written is for suckers. As soon as I sniff a bad time, a grindy time, I'm like, nope. Yeah, I'm a solo player. Nobody is watching me. Nobody's the boss of my fun. So it's like as soon as like uh, 20 minutes of wait, no, 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 no. We're rewinding that and doing something else. Now you do what you want. Be exactly. free. Exactly. <laughs> that was Tainted Grail. Uh, all of us are waiting for a copy. I've played it. I liked it, but I haven't played it enough to, to say it stinks. Yeah, I think people who say it stinks played it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say it was not until probably, what was it, my third campaign. Right. Like one, one almost finished, one not very far at all. And then my third one, like restarting, I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I played it a bunch to find that. The highest pure debut released in 2020 uh, occurred at number 42. This should tell you that there was just not a lot coming out this year because this is basically a reiteration. Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Wait, I I call foul by Kevin's own rules. Kevin, this should not be its own entry because this is fully integratable. You can use the characters from one with the other. It's just basically a standalone expansion with a new campaign. (laughs) You know what? This falls under the my rules. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Kevin just wants to have more dungeon crawlers in the top 50 <laughs> I gotta tell you though like I really like Jaws of the Lion mainly because it's just so much easier to deal with oh yeah no it's, it's way better like, but I don't think it's a new game if I was only gonna have one I would, I would just probably have Jaws of the Lion me, me too me too to, to be honest the reason I kept it separate is I think I actually think Jaws of the Lion is a different audience than yes. Gloomhaven and so fair. that's why I said it's really a, it's a different game for that reason. That's why yeah. I kept them separate. That's a good call. Any game with a plus $60 price difference? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
so I mean, you guys, I mean, it, it's a, it's Gloomhaven, but like without the stuff that's like you know the the hundred campaigns and the you know the obligation mm-hmm. and the people bothering you and everything. It's, and it, but it gives you that core Gloomhaven experience. I think it's just a home run. There, there was no way that game was going to do bad. I mean, what I love most about it. Uh, besides that, it has like kind of the tutorial system and the introductory scenarios to get you going if you don't know the game yet, so I can like play with my son, for example. Uh, it also goes with Street Masters, which is just a few spots below it. Yep. I love like <laughs> every game. Give me like a single board I play on mm-hmm. or give me a booklet like Stuff Fables, Comanauts, Aftermath, uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of a Lion. Give me a book, a spiral book I open up and the map's right there. Right. I never have to like set up 15 tiles again and interlock them with puzzle pieces that don't quite fit. Looking at you, Fantasy <laughs> Flight, with freaking Imperial Assault and Descent as these things are getting ripped and bent as I try to push them together. If I never play another game like that, I will be a happy man. Like, Jesus. And and you know, even Alter Quest, like, hey, Alter Quest, give me a giant Hero Quest board. I just put crap on it. I never have to set a tile up again. I love it. Like, every game that is a dungeon crawler, I want this, <laughs> basically. But, but besides that, as a, as a tactical game, is it any different thing? If I have Gloomhaven and I ordered Frosthaven, why would I need this? You wouldn't, unless you just want okay. another campaign or an easier way to teach right. people. In fact, um, yeah, it's for the easier way to teach people. Yeah, I, and, I don't and like s- people. S- some some people <laughs> say <laughs> some people say the character classes are a little bit simpler. I don't really find that, but you know, like yeah, no, you, you don't really need it. It's just another fun campaign that you can play through yeah. quicker than the core yeah. campaign. If you're going to okay. start somewhere, I think it might be a better place to start. But if you yeah. already right. started. Right. I mean, There's no reason to go down to Jaws of the Lion unless you are getting your girlfriend slash boyfriend who barely plays into, you know. Right. Now, now it is now if you just want more Gloomhaven, Kevin, and you and Frosthaven is too far away, it is way better than uh, was it Forbidden Circles or Forgotten, Forgotten Circles. Circles? Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, definitely skip that one and get Jaws of the Lion because that yeah, one has I some. I didn't get that either. So yeah, that, that that is some major problems. Although again, not as much solo. It's more a problem for co-op if you have somebody controlling the boring character. But we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned in the last episode how the paradigmatic solo game is thematic and also kind of midweight. However, we do have a clustering of themeless, palsily Euros uh, going on over here. Uh, we have Paladins of the Western Kingdom, which is kind of a, a stepped up version of, um, you know, just a, just a really classic heavy Euro in the modern style. It's like, you know, elegant and beautiful. It's like a bunch of crap going on, but people get to get into it and like it. Uh, Teotihuacan, which I love. I love Teotihuacan. That's a great uh, little, uh, you know, I love the theme and the cocoa and the people running around, the dice allocation and stuff like that. Excellent little Teoti bot. Uh, David Tercy on the on the solo design on that one. Uh, Fields of Arl, Snowdonia, which is one of those games that is always on the list, but I've never played and never tend to play. <laughs> you know, I had fun when I, I need to play more of that. I've had fun Nodonia? so far. Yeah. Okay. It's enjoyable. It's a lot... It's less complicated than you think it is from how big the box is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. And what is basically a debut, Maracaibo. I'm only mentioning, these are just words to me, except for Teotihuacan. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I assume it's a Euro. That's another one. I forget what the other one was. I mentioned like in the 200s, but uh, somebody like messaged us at One Stop Co-op Shop. They're like, hey, cover Maracaibo. And I looked at it. I'm like, okay, no, yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably never. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, whoever that was. I, you know, you're cool. I love you. <laughs> Just want to mention those in honor of Anthony uh, Chaffield, who used to be on the um, show with me. He would cover all the euros. I <laughs> uh, got you. I got you back, buddy. I just wanted to let you know we are we're talking about your games. Let's go on to some games that we all know. Uh, KDM. So uh, we mentioned Kingdom Death Monster, Sinking, 
fast. I mean, it, it was one of those games where like seven people voted for it. They all voted for it number one. So it kind of was very highly represented because if right. you're going to vote for it, you are going to vote for it number one. Now we're starting to get to the point where there's just fewer voters. It's getting replaced. There's other um, properties on here. So it's fallen um, pretty, like it's not like cratered or anything like that, but it's definitely falling in grace. I mean, um, and I'm, I am so happy because I had never played KDM for forever just because of the price. And eventually I was like, I want to play this game. I spent months on eBay like just every couple of days I would just go and look and I finally found one that was like affordably priced and it was still a nightmare because it got like damage and shipping and all this crap happened, but I got KDM and I played it and it's really cool. Uh, the boss mechanics are great and like the uniqueness and the civilization and the feeling of this horrific world you're trying to survive, like all of that is great. But having played Oathsworn, when I covered that for the Kickstarter, having played Aeon Trespass, which I'll say is basically just stealing KDM mechanics, but doing it at a lower price point, uh, having played Townsfolk Tussle that uh, would have gone on Kickstarter. It's going on tomorrow as of this recording, but uh, like two or three weeks ago from the time you're hearing this. Um, and then one that's coming that I've been looking at the mechanics for, uh, Primal. Like all these boss battlers that take out the extreme randomness that can be frustrating in KDM and don't make it a giant <laughs> campaign, which to be fair, the giant campaign is one of the big selling points of KDM. But some of these that I can play like all the cool boss mechanics in like an hour... I love that stuff. And none of them cost, none of them cost $400. None of them have penis monsters and none of them require me to like build all these crazy miniatures. And that's just, you know, <laughs> if you love that, that's your thing, go ahead and do it. But I have no interest mm -hmm. at all. Like the fact that it has all these miniatures is an active uh, deterrent to me playing this game. Like I hate those things. I, like I have- Yeah, it's like Phoenix, a game that gives my, you homework. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, like I know that's part of the fun for some people and that justifies the price. But- um if they had like a, had a hundred dollar, even two hundred dollar version of KDM with all the content and not all the dumb miniatures, I would have been all in for that years ago. And no, like it, it's I don't know. So I, I'm glad it's being replaced. I think it's very cool. I think it's very unique. I think it is unwieldy and it's niche. And I'd rather have a wider audience for the cool like kind of gameplay mechanics that uh, Poots uh, innovated in his time. Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of other adventure games in this slot. And um, usually this is kind of like where uh, the bigger, chunkier adventure games land. And it's been true throughout mm. the list, you know, for the last six years. But always, again, we love our adventure. We love our theme as solo players. Um, you've got This War of Mine. We mentioned Street Masters. Uh, I love Street Masters. I mean, there's like, you, like any kind of flavor. If you want Overland Adventure, you want Dungeon Crawling, you want just, you know, leveling up. You want to get your butt. You want to be like, you are just look at this list and you're going to find something. And I'm not exactly sure where uh, Lord of the Rings Journeys landed. I don't know if it's this place or somewhere else. 48. But it's on there somewhere. It's 48. Oh, yeah. There you go. So another one. Uh, are you still playing Lord of the Rings Journeys or did that fall off predictably? That's what I, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, I'm, I'm playing it. Uh, you didn't, you hadn't, this time last year, you hadn't gotten it. Right. So you finally broke down and got it and you, you liked it. Someone gave it to me. <laughs> there you go. They heard the podcast and took pity. There you go. I also want to point out, there's a couple of like good kind of classics in this section as well. You know, I love Race for the Galaxy. It's still good. It's yeah. still really good. You know, Legendary, I think that the Alien Legendary Encounters version of the game is superior personally, me but too. it's neat to see yes. them both there together. Um, you know, How about Space, Space Hulk, Death, Death Angels, Angels hanging on. Yeah. 
And I love Sentinels in the Multiverse. Mm-hmm. I always oh. will. I know that it demands a Me lot too. of a solo player. Yeah. I don't care. But it's it's awesome. And One it's Deck so Dungeon. Good. I'm a big fan of that, too. Like, for a faster, simpler. You don't like that, Liz? Yeah. You don't no, like randomness, I already, Liz? <laughs> I think you don't like dice. <laughs> I, already, I already ditched my One Deck Dungeon copy. Like, I don't, I don't play that anymore. All right, all right. One Deck Dungeon <laughs> was the highest game that did not get a number one vote. Just oh, yeah, I noticed. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Trivia. Yeah, my uh, problem was, that's because it's yeah, number two. I'm joking. Race. It's a perfectly good game. <laughs> I should probably give Race for the Galaxy another chance. I, I played that like every day at lunch with a buddy for months. So mm-hmm. I probably, I don't know, 100 two-player games of it. So the thought of rolling a die and playing it against a bot and like, why? Yeah, I hear and, that. And so I, that's mm-hmm. why I had no desire. Legendary Marvel, I, I love seeing that drop. That needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> that took... I just do, I, I will fight against that game forever. I just think that you know, like I would, Mike, you and I were talking about uh, whatever or baseball highlights, and I yeah. said we could play. If you and I had the same hand of Marvel Legendary, I would bet anything. We will play the. We will do well, the exact same thing every turn. Th- this every time, time I won't fight you at all. Marvel Legendary is is almost brain dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I don't. Get, I mean, to me, I guess the IP is just so popular that it doesn't matter if there's well, a game there or not. I mean, I, I think there's a place for very quick to play, simple, straightforward deck builders. I would, I would say Star Realms fits into that mold as well. Ascension, Hero Realms, like there's not that much thought because you can't really strategize that much with the cards you buy. You have this limited offer that's randomized every time you play. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, deck building is fun in and of itself. So I think a lot of people just kind of enjoy yeah. that. Well, right. It's a, it's a fun activity. I, I think because I like... For me, solo gaming is more playing a game that I can think and challenge. I like a puzzle, and there's no puzzle in that zero. Yeah. So that's why I think I I got it. I got I I got it. Traded it. Got it again. Thought maybe I was wrong, <laughs> and got rid of it immediately. It just even two player wasn't great. Now, and I agree, Aliens was better. But mm-hmm. not I enough. did the exact same thing with I think a couple in the top twenty-five. I'll get to that. <laughs> I have a question: Is cartographers the highest ranked role in right. right? Correct. On here, I was Looks did a like quick it. check. Looks that, like that's, it. that's probably my favorite besides pinball. I'm happy to see it up there. I like Welcome too, but I, I like cartographers a little bit more just for how quick it is yep. and simple. How, how long is the game into that take? <laughs> not long. Twenty-five minutes. Ten. What? Oh, it took twenty minutes to do the playthrough. And I was doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah. and like talking through time. what you were doing and narrating exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and Renegade is still right hanging in. in. Which one? Which makes yeah, me happy. I'm, well, hopefully yeah, I don't, I don't like Renegade. Renegade. Oh, I, I like Renegade. I, got I like Renegade. See, Renegade is uh, for for me. I, I love the mechanics. I think Ricky Roll did an amazing job on the mechanics. Renegade is a lot like. Uh, Oh, we passed by and didn't talk about it. Dungeon Alliance. Dungeon Alliance without the adventure packs. I also really like Dungeon Alliance. No, no, no. So hold on. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me see what I'm saying. They, I think they both have wonderful mechanics. They're both kind of like Mage Knight Light in their own way, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think both of them just thunk like a, a poop turd on the ground <laughs> in the end game. Uh, like Dungeon Alliance, unless you, uh, unless you buy those adventure packs, it actually gives you something to do. It's just like, you're like, well, I'm done. It's over. And Renegade, the same thing. It's like... (laughs) We may may have got a little bit ambitious with the recording. (laughs) We're saving the best for last. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of poop turd, oh, nine. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) 
best Oniverse game, bar none. I don't care what anybody says, uh, but it, it is still rated highly. It used to be jostled with Friday for like, you know, yeah. the, in its teens, but it's been knocked off by another shorter game, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But I did want to mention, uh, because you mentioned Poop Turd, uh, and I saw Kevin's uh, face over there, so like, I just had to throw some Oniris from. <laughs> and it actually went up, which, yeah. why? I, all I could think of is... <laughs> I mean, again, I think that's probably the app. The app is very good and be, and has been very popular the last like year and a half. The app so is I too bet. old, though. That's not but responsible that's, for the bump. But again, that's why I wanted to get rid of app, letting people vote for apps. Because if you have to buy the game and do all that shuffling, there's no way you're playing. The, and that's exactly why I would not. I mean, rate why would why yeah. would you play that? It's so annoying. Lies. Tell them, Liz. I, I find it meditative, but Thank I also <laughs> am an anxious person, so I like to do something with my hands. So, like, you know, for me, the shuffling is really a good yep. – it's a nice practice for me. Nice. All, you can see all Wait, the – Don't leave off number – uh, do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for your podcast teacher, listeners, Kevin sir. just showed us his bar. Yeah. We're going to manipulate something with your hands. Let mix a drink. Don't <laughs> – <laughs> shake a cocktail no <laughs> well, yeah, before we leave the uh 26 through 50 dawn of the zed's third edition yes. i love that oh, game yeah. i love yeah, that game excellent that is I'm one of my to top see that ones one for in that's another kind of paradigm solo game a little bit more on the thematic side exciting dice rolly uh victory point game design so you get that kind of like solo like they, they did like i think they were the first company or one of the first companies that just did just do solo really well yeah and so you see the dna of that the third edition was you know got the new printing it looks great um so if you can get a copy you know daughter of the zeds is definitely uh you know highly recommended oh my gosh on, yes on that one like, I'm sure uh, D- Nemo's War is going to be above it, but I much prefer yep. Dawn of the Zeds in, over Nemo's oh, War. Oh, yeah, personally. definitely. I, I, I don't understand the love for Nemo's War. I mean, Dawn I, of the Zeds, I, I like Dawn of the Zeds a lot. Yeah, Dawn of the Zeds is fantastic. Although I still have just the second edition. I, I see no reason to get the third. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's not that much of a change. Yeah, keep, no. keep what you got. It's just the upgraded stuff. So if you don't yeah. mind the soot and all that kind of thing, hands sitting <laughs> on like fire. <laughs> Oh, the set. Laser, laser printing. <laughs> let it go, Jason. Let it go. <laughs> All right. So let us move over to the creme de la creme, 25 to 1. Woo! We're not going to bury the lead for the second year in a row. And I have a feeling this is going to instantiate itself and replicate itself uh, for a long time. We're going to get a good run out of Spirit Island. Yeah. Number one solo game. Uh, let me count the ways, Kevin. I know you, you have a lot to say about the what? stat layout, but let me <laughs> count the ways. So we're talking about um, out of out of 554 ballots. Uh, what, wait, how did I, what did I write there? Um, okay, so uh, 554 ballots, uh, 251 mentioned Mage, uh, Spirit Island. So that's a lot. It's like over half. 219 mentioned Mage Knight. Um, 53 first place votes for Spirit Island. I know this is what Kevin's going to say. 74 first place votes for Mage Knight, which is ah. a huge number. But because so many more people have rated Spirit Island, two, three, four. Yeah. You know, uh, it just floated to the top. I'm talking about like that. So Kevin has this kind of cumulative score thing. Um, Spirit Island just blows away. Like, I mean, what? like. Yeah, those two are. are- way above everything else way like though like you, you are talking like because we used to like, kind of guess right oh is this the year robinson crusoe is going to get it is this the year gloomham is going to get it not even and kev used to like say that with glee <laughs> not even close <laughs> i guess 
tell you though, you know what? Mage Knight Forever, you're never gonna change my mind. Like yeah. unless you make unless a new game comes out that is better than Mage Knight. Uh, if that happens though, I will actually probably weep with joy because I really love Mage Knight. And if right. I could find something I loved even more, that'd well, be exciting. Spirit Island's great. I think it's like my number six. It's good. It's just it's just not as good it's as Mage Knight. Mage Knight. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll refer to exactly what Michael said. The end of Spirit Island is awful. You're just going yeah. along and all of a sudden, oh, I won. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah, you, you flip over to the next fear level. It's like, oh, I just won the game and that's it. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I literally Mage, like, you played can put on the Skyrim ex- soundtrack and just like, oh, yes, yeah, you get like, the city. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, Kevin, I was going to say, I've literally played extra turns of Spirit Island and been like, oh, whoops, I, I won three turns ago. Yeah. <laughs> Which is whereas, not, not a great side of an end game. Right. Where, whereas, and and, I, and I'm, I'm like Liz, I think Spirit Island's five or six or seven for me. I, I, I no, It is a good game. It's definitely, it's easier to teach. It's cheaper. Yeah. Um, you know, so so it's got all that going for it. I think the play is simpler. The play is definitely simpler. But you just you just don't get that feeling that you are getting stronger and stronger and yes. taking over. When you when you look at those cities at the end of Mage Knight when you're starting the game, you're like, no way. And and even new players, they're like they they get hammered by those cities. First game I played of Spirit Island, I won. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that if you play the base game, the base level, I don't know that I've ever lost Spirit Island. Ever. Well, that's, I mean, I, I don't know anyone who's like a serious oh. solo person of Spirit Island that plays the base level. They have such yeah. a vast array of like difficulty yeah. settings. It's kind of like playing like the Mage Knight introductory exploration scenario. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like time. you're not going to lose that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you're like a somewhat, de- you know, reasonable solo player who knows the rules correctly, you're going to win. <laughs> but it is the feeling of growth that does it for me with Mage Knight. Yeah. And also like the card powers are just so interesting and figuring out how to get the right combos of spells and figuring out whether you want to really go for, you know, a really good artifacts or, you know, who do you want to hire to help you out? It's just... Oh, I just love it so much. I find it yeah. so exciting every time, and it never gets old. I don't burn out on Mage Knight the way that I do on other games. Right. Yeah, see, no, yeah, I, so I'll be the uh, the voice on the opposite side. Mage Knight, I, I still I think it's a beautiful design. Um, I do like Frontiers a little bit more, but neither of them is in my top 20. I think it's gorgeous play, but it's not the kind of game I want to pull out a lot. Um, and Spirit Island is battling. It's always in my number two or number three. It's kind of like battling it out with Root right now. Um, and for me, the big difference is I am such a sucker for variety. And I do feel like th- there's a nice amount of variety playing the different, like playing gold dicks as opposed to, uh, uh who, who's the red, like, uh, lady who can hurt Arithia? herself. Yeah. Like Arithia. Like I really enjoy her play. Is like, it Arithia? Definitely... Is that how, how many people? Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> man. I want my minions. Oh, Norawas. Yeah. With his leadership. <laughs> so they, they definitely have their feel, but the, like, I'm such a sucker. Like it, same thing in Roots. Like that's why Root and Spirit Island battle for number two and number three for me. I'm such a sucker for like a f- completely different feel to how I play. And Mage Knight doesn't quite hit that for me. So I, I like Spirit Island more, but mm-hmm. I totally agree, Kevin. It is terrible end game until when i push it up to uh like the highest i think i've won is invader level like seven or eight and then it's good because then i'm like barely surviving like i'm going to the last dang turn the cards are about to run out i barely win anything below that i'm usually either getting killed by like just some bad luck and me playing stupidly or um yeah i'm just winning in like a second and it's stupid it's just yeah Yeah. it's a bad ending for sure i guess uh, i'll take a stab at why these two games 
right? So like, why, like there's so many solo games. We got thousands of solo games. Why these two games? Like why Spirit Island? Why Mage Knight? And I think like, it's almost like two sides of the same coin. So it's like, there's the very strategic game that's very thematic. And there's a very mm-hmm. thematic game that has a whole lot of themes. So like you have two sides of the same coin. And I think like, I think those are the two games where I feel the cleverest, right? So like when I, when I figure out, like I have a city in front of me and I have my hand of cards, I'm like, how am I going to do this? I spend 45 minutes and I figure it out. <laughs> well, the, the puzzle to payoff yeah. ratio in Mage Knight, that, like that, that huge puzzle and huge payoff, it doesn't skip on either of those things. And I think this, like, I, I get what you're saying about Spirit Island. I still feel like I earned it though. I still mm-hmm. feel like I have turns and maybe they occur in the mid game and not the end game. Maybe yeah. that's like kind of what, what's happening. They occur in the mid game where like, I'm looking at the board and I'm kind of overwhelmed. I'm kind of like, okay, what am I, what's, what's going on here? And then it's like, okay, wait, look at my things. How can I combo the tsunami with the lightning bolt and all that, all that stuff that's happening. And then all of a sudden, like I have that turn or two where I've really turned it around and I feel like I earned it. And like, though I, I can't think like, you know, some of the other games in this list, right? I mean, the, the perennials, like the Robson Crusoe's and Scythe and like, they give you that too, but I just don't feel like any of those games, maybe Gloomhaven does, but I think Gloomhaven is hurt by the fact that it's so big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's too big. People can't really get into it. It would be, if it was smaller, I think they w- it would be kind of a three headed thing, but it's not. So go away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like cost and that puzzle to payoff ratio that solo players want, these two games deliver it more than any other of the games we've talked about. I, I think yeah. that's kind of getting at it. What do you guys think? Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I think, I think so. that you hit. I think every single turn is a puzzle, and and I think that I think that's why the the three LCG games do well for right. kind of that reason. They're just not each turn isn't quite as big as these two as far as. A good puzzle where i mean like you said even spirit island there's times where oh i'm gonna do this here this here this here i got him and, and you sit yeah. back and you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know? so talking about the lcgs though so i'll always love lord of the rings the best because it's the game that made me a solo gamer it, you know it's it has a special place in my heart but you know i'm a sentinels and multiverse person i do think that marvel champions is a worthy choice for mm. highest ranking superhero card game i really do I, it deserves it it's so good yes yeah, so i really don't think impressed. it's the best lcg no i don't i, I enjoy it, but... both arkham and lord of the rings more than it for solo but yeah. it, it's good I'm, I'm glad it's high yeah. I, and this was like, it wasn't a technically a debut because it came out right at the end of last year. People voted it on. Like I had a feeling it was like 90s. It was in the 90s. Like, so people did vote for it. And I had yeah. a feeling it was going to like launch. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would push Sentinels down further, but Sentinels kind of stayed flat. And it just like, people was like, you know what? I can play both or, you know, or whatever. So they just like jammed Marvel in with the LCG. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting how that played out. And I have, I have a feeling it's not going to, it's not going to change. No, I do prefer Anton because I prefer a deck builder. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's I like card games and I like good combos, so those both make me generally pretty happy. And I like Arkham as well. I mean, yeah, I I've prefer... only played oh, God, I've me. only played Arkham and Marvel about three times each, so I don't I don't have a good feel for them. I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. I have everything for Lord of the Rings, so I'm invested in that one. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I Arkham like, I Arkham is my number one of all time, so I love that one. Um, <laughs> mainly for like the narrative and how different a mission plays out based on whether I'm a sneaky hero or like a, a big uh, combat hero or whatever. 
Lord of the Rings is, uh, I had mentioned Kevin in the previous ones that like you, I bought a game and sold it and then bought it again. So that was both Lord of the Rings and Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> and uh, Robinson Crusoe didn't work out. I just reviewed it. It's good, but I'm yeah, going to get that. rid of it again. It's fine. Right. <laughs> I'd rather play a uh, Frostpunk that's on Kickstarter right now. And then, uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, it took, it took Colin sending me the Lord of the Rings saga packs he just like sent me all of them and i love the thing is i love lord of the rings i've read the books numerous times i've read the silmarillion twice like i'm a big like fan of the theme yeah i'm a nerd i'm like a lord of the rings nerd and uh finally playing those missions that were based on the stuff i knew that let me keep the same deck and not have to like deck build as much to kind of match the challenge of each scenario that's where it finally came alive for me i still like arkham a lot better but I now think Lord of the Rings is very good, but I think the buy-in is stupid high for it <laughs> to get to that point. Like if you're not bought in, I, I would recommend Marvel. I would recommend Arkham. Like pick up the core, pick up a few expansions. You're good to go. You'll have fun. I would not do that for Lord of the Rings at all. Yeah, I got it. Well, I got even it. the base box of Lord of the Rings, you can't do it without getting more stuff. Like that last quest in there. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's painful. I love it, but. Yeah, okay. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I have a ton for Arkham because I got a, a ridiculous trade that someone gave me. Richard Laudius, <laughs> nice. basically. Oh. <laughs> nice. Laudius is me, dumping all his Arkham stuff. That's the news. <laughs> he gave me the base game and maybe three full cycles wow. of stuff. So I have that. I just haven't gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. yeah, I mean, I like Liz. I like, I love Aeon's End. I, I find that. I look at these games and I'm like, do I want to build a deck today? No, I'm going to just play Aeon's End. And, yeah. and I'm, loving, I'm loving that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll actually, um, this is how I usually close this show, is to go and kind of best in, best in class for the different uh, ranks. And last year, if you listen to Every Night's Game, I did like top 10 lists in all the different categories. So top 10 worker placement, deck builder, all that stuff. But we'll run through it. Uh, there's, it's all the same. <laughs> for this year, but we'll run through it anyway because a new audience, right? New one-stop co-op shop and a shelf store, so we'll run through it really fast. We mentioned the best deck builder, Aeon Den, by a mile, beating Legendary Alien. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, like a Shadow Wave, the Apox Theropod. Like, these are games that are kind of like, you know, way down the list. If you're going to play a deck builder, it's almost not even worth making another deck builder <laughs> than having a prayer at, like, the solo gamer's heart because Aeon Den is that instantiated, especially after the New Age. Um, yeah. So Legacy introduced the idea of an ongoing campaign, but it was Legacy. People were like, "Eh." Um, but I love the ongoing campaign and building my market and deck and character all at once, right? And evolving that over time. So what they said was, okay, no more of this Legacy stuff. Let's just do that in a campaign style for New Age. So I'm feeling like if you're going to get Aeon's End, start with New Age. Absolutely. Yeah, plus, and then plus you can play a campaign in. in one night. I mean, it's right. like, what, four four missions? See, I'm a bit more of a traditionalist. I prefer the pick up and play aspect, but you can have that too. You can just have whatever you want. Like, it's a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't see another deck builder dethroning hands and so much content and and, and yeah. unlike a lot of other like you know games where there's a lot of cards at once i don't think it falls apart you know like it, they, mm-hmm. they, we haven't really gotten to a point where it's like don't, don't get that expansion there are um, markets that i do not like against certain nemeses and you right. do oh, yeah. i think need to play you should get one box and play the stuff in that box before you go buy a bunch of stuff and mix it all together because right. otherwise you will be sad but yeah i mean we're i think we're approaching the point where you have to be careful about what you mix 
But for the most part, it works great. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, my, my main problem with Aeon's End is I just don't think there's enough variety in the player cards. So I think you buy a couple box sets and then get more if you want more Nemeses or want like extra campaigns with, uh, what was the most recent one? Not New Age. Um, Outcasts. Outcasts. Yeah, like maybe get both of those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I have no need to ever buy another Aeon's End product in my life. You know what right. I mean? Like whereas some other builders I might. Yeah, I didn't Which people say that about Dominion, but they keep on buying Dominion sets. Like, if you're in, you're in. Like, you just want to explore the space more. And yeah. There's more to explore. But, I, but I, I think Dominion is more creative. I've not seen that creativity in Aeon's End player decks. Okay. Like, I think th- it's like it's now you can mages, do... It's the mages, though. It's the mages well, the, the, starting. The, ma- the mages, for sure. But, like, the player cards. It's like, now I can do two damage plus one if I do this. Now I can do two <laughs> damage plus one if I do that. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's a dull system for, like, okay. innovation yeah. in the player cards. <clears throat> Okay, so um, more categories, worker placement, viticulture is the perennial favorite over here. Huh. Don't see that one kind of being thrown anytime soon. Wait, what about, does Feast Road not count? Does what? Does Feast Road not count? Oh, I went. I put that one as a euro, like a, just like eh, a pure okay. euro. I guess it's you're competing for spots, I kind of feel. Then what's, but... what's wingspan? Isn't that? No, that's uh, not worker placement. That's tableau no, no, builder. That's not, almost yeah. no competition. I, uh... Uh, Wingspan's Uh-oh. not a bad game. <laughs> why the? Why is that number fourteen on this? The number sorry, number thirteen on this. I list. was getting to that. Yeah. Unlucky uh, number. I mean, I, I I can say why, but go ahead, <laughs> Jason. Well, I mean, tapestry, okay, so right? this is the category of engine building card builder. So like, you know, not an adventure game. Like though, that's the LCGs, a four four adventure stuff. Yeah. Um, this is like we love engine building card gamers. You would think of like Imperial Settlers slash Empire of the Norse. Look at Race for the Galaxy. You're looking at you know uh, oh my goods like you know strategic card play. And for some, I, I mean, I, I know why. Like it's just it's popular and it's Stonemeyer and it's you know Elizabeth Hargrave. It's marketing. Um, it's hot. It's, it's important. It's it's an important game. Yes. Like you thank God this game exists. Is it the number one solo game? Y'all, y'all people are going to have to explain that one to me because so I, I really don't know. I mean, well, here's, here's the thing that stands out to me. Uh, the average vote, this is like on the little column I'm looking out of our spreadsheet. Yep. The games that have the highest average votes in the top 25. Friday, which sounds exactly right because I don't know about you all, but I got rid of Friday quickly because I solved it. Like I couldn't right. lose at the highest difficulty level pretty quickly because there's right. not much but, that there's not that much of the game it's a wonderful design then you're done with it it's a puzzle and then but, you're done but, but remember 300 new voters well exactly that's what i'm saying <laughs> and then uh role player is another one that i think is way higher than it should be like ridiculously higher than it should be i think it's a <laughs> solid game i know jason yeah. likes it more than i do i think it's a I solid like game way more no I'm freaking way is it i'm with you mike <laughs> i'm with you mike um jason, Viticulture and Wingspan are both Stonemeyer. It's amazing marketing. Like I, I think every Stonemeyer game has a, and I, I like Stonemeyer designs generally speaking. But I think every one of their games is a higher uh, ranking because they Scythe. are a fantastic marketing machine. Mm-hmm. Like they do a one, and this props to them. Amazing brand building, like such loyalty. They do right by their customers. Good for them. They deserve it. But yeah, like there's lots of games on here that I think are very highly placed and no one's voting them or very few people are voting them like their top one or two or three or four or right. five games. Yeah. They're just like things a lot of people mention because they're very popular and everyone's played them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Wingspan, like- how many people voted that number one? Do you know that Jason or Kevin? It's on there. Uh, six. Okay. Which I mean, is not no, a lot. I mean, That's not a lot. No. Six, six number one votes is not a lot. Well, relative to like Mage Knight 74. <laughs> well, the, the, the game one, one above a Gaia project had 16. 
Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. like Mike, Mike, like you're saying, the average vote for wingspans nine six, viticulture's ten six, and scythe is eight five, which are all way higher than all the games around them. Yeah. Right. By the way, I, I will announce it here. I think you're the first public place I've said it. I am done with scythe. I'm calling my whole uh, collection Ooh. of like basically every expansion. Oh well. Do it. I love. I, I love Rise of Fenders. I loved Rise of Fenders. I, I could play Rise. Oh no, of Rise of Fenders is the only thing that kept it for longer. But yeah, yeah, I realize I play the solo the exact same time every time, and I always win. I do the exact <laughs> same strategy. It's very dull <laughs> at this point. For me. <laughs> I love it. It's great. I want to see. Yeah, Liz. Yeah, no. I just want to say I want to see too many bones hit the top ten. Okay. I would it like is. to see that happen. It did. Oh, it's it is a, top it's 10. 10. It's, it's 10. Sorry, I'm looking at the left <laughs> and I see 11 on the spreadsheet. It is 10. Good. It should be. I think that's a great game. I've yeah, really yeah. grew to appreciate that over the course of this year. And I'm happy to see Sprawlopolis on there, too. Just a little tiny thing amongst all these heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it deserves it. All right, Jason, will you finish your list of each category? Well, you guys kind of c- covered them all, oh. but I- I'll kind of sum up really fast. We well, mentioned the ball. So, like, the one uh, I worker- understand is Terraforming Mars. I, I I got it. It's just so it's just boring. <laughs> it's awesome. I I, I, I like it. It would awesome. not be it. even close to like number three for me, but I, I enjoy it. It's like six all in three. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with well, Mike on that. <laughs> it's an I, engine building mm-hmm. card game with an awesome theme. Like and, and people love engine building card games. Like and it's I think, an awesome like, theme. I, I guess. It's an awesome is, theme. Is, is, that, is, that, the, is that theme is that theme realized? I guess is my question. I'm not saying the theme is not cool yes. in and of itself. You think so? That's watching the terraform world at the end of your game is fun. I mean, like seeing, I, I, somebody showed me their solo game at the end. They had like three lakes in the middle of the board, and that was the entirety of their terraform. Well, they game. played wrong. No, they, no, because they built lakes. their tableau up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that just the engine building card game. Of it. Sure. I think that underwater cities is a better game, but I think that terraforming Mars has the as pole position. Yeah. So you know, I, I would prefer underwater cities as a as an engine building card as a card game i love that's like a nine out of ten game for me but like terraformers has pole position that's unfortunately like you say before marketing and all that kind of stuff you know you sometimes games just like lead but people out there play underwater cities that game is amazing um so you know worker placement you know viticulture takes the cake i guess you could say feet for order but i feel like that's more of a it, it, this so it's worker placement plus a bunch of other stuff yeah um Anachrony, not too far behind. Uh, Anachrony is a fabulous worker placement game, uh, but it's very much heavier and headier yeah. than Viticulture. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, going to your thing, Mike, I think that Viticulture is the exception. I think Viticulture is just an amazing design. And I, I can yeah. play it right now as a, a, just a solo game, no Tuscany, no nothing, and like have a really tight, fun solo game. The bot is it's the purest simplest automobile yeah, yeah. that they've made they've all gotten more complicated i think viticulture is amazing uh short guard game liz mentioned is sprawlopolis is taking the kick uh friday kick friday's butt kick the only rooms butt uh sprawlopolis is your is your go-to uh card <laughs> game which kevin backed the i think you backed the latest yep. experience. Yep. what is it farmopolis agropolis 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 right uh, long card games, you know, we love our long adventure card games. We have a bunch of them. So like the Heroes of Tef- Terranoth was further down. Pathfinder adventure card game, which uh, some, there was some poopage. I like it, but I admit, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> but the LCGs, Marvel, for, and for different reasons, right? If you want a different theme, or if you want a story-based thing, or if you're kind of, you know, you, the, kind of that, that balance everything with the Lord of the Rings. So then that, that's all there. Um, engine building card that we mentioned, you know, so Wingspan, I don't know. <laughs> if you're listening to the, the podcast, Jason just was shrugged really long. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> dice Chucker, we mentioned them. Wait, right wouldn't there. Terraforming Mars be a like card game engine? Yeah, and then and, and Terraforming yeah. Mars, like you know, depending on like your your flavor. Yeah. So yeah. like you know, Wingspan be pure cards, and then Terraforming Mars has like the board action. Um, dice Chucker, role player, Nemo's War. That, that's, that's just pure dice chucking fun, you know. Um, dungeon Crawler to Gloomhaven. I mean, you're not going to mm. conquer Gloomhaven, but to Liz's point, is Too Many Bones a better dungeon crawly adventure game than Gloomhaven? Oh, not I, Dungeon Crawler. Yeah, no, not Dungeon Crawler. But I think in terms of they're interesting. To, interesting. <laughs> I think so. Interesting oh wait, wait, compare- Kevin, you think it's a better game too? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, because I, I do too. But I'm surprised. I didn't think you would say that. <laughs> oh no, no, I have. My I, I love too many bones. That, that's yeah, like probably my, in my top I have five. My brand now. new. I have my brand new trove chest. All oh, filled <laughs> <laughs> but my love for that game has gotten strong. This is mm-hmm. the difference between all the different gear locks and yeah, different tyrants. And but it's it's it's. I mean, the game feels complicated because all the special abilities, but it's really not that tough once you kind of know what you're doing, and you don't have to play a whole campaign if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You can you can get the satisfaction of leveling up in a much shorter period of time. Obviously, we like games about growth and becoming more powerful over the course yeah. of the game. That's clearly like our thing, and it delivers. Yeah, and Gloomhaven's probably one of the slowest on that front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you might play an entire oh, yeah. like hour long mission, maybe even have to replay because you lost it, and you'll get a single card added to your combat deck. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. Like, <laughs> It'll take you like 20 games to retire your character. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Gloomhaven. But yeah, yeah. if I want like yeah. a quick no, hit. Too. Yeah, yeah. If I want a quick hit of like dopamine or whatever it is, like, woo, I got stronger. I'm cool. Like Gloomhaven is not the game for that, generally speaking. Uh, well, plus, if, you, if you're going to, I was going to say, if you're just going to pull out a game to play for a night, Gloomhaven is tough to just <laughs> say, I'm going to just, let's just play a game where too many bones, you can pull it out and, and yeah. be off and running pretty yeah. quick. Uh, Two Many Bones, one of the games, I did get like an initial copy and I, d- I just didn't get into like the initial thing. I felt like they were too reliant on the base dice and I didn't like the integration of the special dice. But like as people have gotten more stuff and as there's been more feedback, it's just gotten better and better. If it comes along again, then I'm not more than happy to play. Um, Euro game, we're looking at games like, you know, we mentioned Scythe and Terraforming Mars, but also Gaia Project is a mm-hmm. huge game. I love people Gaia Project. still play it. Um, the, the, the Terra Mystica version, but like more theme, theme. It's not really a thematic game, but like the overlay of space was really well done. Um, the player factions are well done. And the Automa is probably the best, like the, the most, um, I, what I want to say, Mike, in terms of the Automa, like it's the cleverest and it's just like a, a really well-developed, like, like, yeah. like I, they figured out how to make this beast into an 18-deck Automa. It's like an, an, an admiration to kind of like... And, and, and it's funny that yeah. I, I think that is, I, I love Automa Project. I love uh, Morton and his work. I think that is the finest Automa they've designed. Right, and it's exactly. like one of the only ones they've done for a non-Stonemeyer uh, <laughs> game, you know, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> um, and also um, At the Gates Lo Yang is a, a perennial favorite. We talk about it every year. Um, yeah. so always gets a re it's, it's, I think it got a reprint a couple of years ago, but like, it's just one of those games that was built for solo, uh, where Uwe's games tend to be built for multiplayer solitaire mm-hmm. and then have like beat your own score solo mode. Yeah. Advocates Although, Lo Yang is a optimized solo experience. Let's just appreciate that Feast for Odin, yep. Newsfjord, and at the Gates of Lo Yang are all in that top 25. That is actually yeah. pretty amazing. Uh, um, the most. Uh, Uwe Rosenberg being, uh, it used to be Matt Leacock with all the pandemics uh, uh, for, in terms of the most represented designer, but with Pandemic the Cure falling out, 
the title is now Uwe Rosenberg for ah. the most um, the most solo games. Because it's funny because I say about solo players love theme, the way not doing no theme. But <laughs> uh, but definitely he is very well represented in the solo sphere. And then deck builder would be Aeon Zen and Legendary Alien. Yeah. Hey, um, the, the best pandemic style game is still apparently just Vanilla Pandemic. Which is not true, but I, it's, it's certainly the one that's going to get voted on the most, so that's Seriously, fine. Seriously, okay, do people far into their solo gaming, I guess, lives, do they still pull out Vanilla Pandemic just yes! to play it? I, I, I do. I, yeah. I do. <laughs> I, I, I still like, I don't have any of the others. I had The Cure, and that sucks, and I got rid of it. But regular Pandemic, I like, actually, I play it on the app. Oh, so okay. I, didn't, I didn't vote for it. But yeah, that's, I, that's probably the app I play the most. Um, interesting yeah, i mean I, for for me any group that's light enough to like play base pandemic i'll play forbidden island instead generally mm-hmm. no i'll play i'll play that with that with adults i'll play forbidden island with kids yeah that's fair mm-hmm. i've played pandemic fall of rome way more than i've played any other pandemic game that's mm-hmm. i mean the theme clearly got me i'm not a huge I pandemic like, person uh, I, but i'm not a big enough fan to play more I, pandemic oh, sorry uh, we're starting to freeze up on uh, the, <laughs> the Wi-Fi over here. I think there might be a good enough indication that we are done no. with the entire <laughs> list. Two hundred. I want to say one last thing. I'm going to apologize oh, Mage Knight <laughs> one it. more time. Listen to me, people. It's it's got more than ten percent of the people said it was their number one. It is has the lowest average vote. So the best average vote of any game. Mm-hmm. And the, every year, every year, I see so many people who will write up and say, oh, I finally tried it, gave it a chance. This is so good. This is going to be my new number one. It's, it's just a game. It's, it's hard to get into, but there's so many videos that will teach you. And if you play it and give it a chance, it will be back on top where it belongs. And I, I will say concur. Spirit Island, number one forever. Keep voting for it. <laughs> I'm with Kevin. We are in agreement, I mean, sir. We got two Spirit Island and two uh, Mage Knight. Those will be the top two solo games, unless something amazing uh, comes down. I hope down. something does. Unless yeah, it would have to be yeah. really amazing. W- would it be great if 10 amazing games came out of the entire top 10 looked different in like two or three years? Like, wouldn't that yeah. be great for the solo community? Yeah. Awesome. I'm all for it. I'm, yeah. I'm all for I, I, I love Mage Knight, but I'm not going to vote something higher just because it's new. It's got to right. be better. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That was 200 games. Uh, thank you so much. That was Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire, Michael Kelly from the One Stop Co-op Shop, and Kevin Erskine. We see him every single year uh, hanging out in the One Player Guild. Thank you so much. Wish this man a happy birthday on the forum. Happy birthday, Kevin. Happy uh, birthday. <laughs> and thank him from the bottom of your hearts for giving us top, uh, top whatever he's been giving us every single year for the last seven years. And hopefully – for 7, 14, 21, as many years as you, want, as you want to do this. As many years as you do this, you'll be welcome on my show, Shelf Stories, uh, our show, The One Stop Co-op Shop. You'll be welcome. We're going to do this every single year. Well, thank you. I love doing it. Thanks for joining us again for The One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.